Thanks for tuning in to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast, Safe Talk, with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to JR's Hunt for Life Safe Talk, a podcast dedicated to bringing awareness and saving lives from suicide. This is Jenny Hunter, JR's mom and the founder of JR's Hunt for Life. JR was my son who died by suicide on June 3rd, 2015. So before we start, I want to give you my contact information so you can reach out to me or JR's Hunt for Life anytime with questions or just to talk. My email is jlh35 at hotmail.com. All of our sites are called JR's Hump for Life on Facebook and on Instagram and on the web. You can reach out to me at any time through Facebook and my name, Jenny Hunter. I hope to hear from you soon. Today, I'd like to talk about JR's story a bit for those new to the podcast. Before I do that, I want to let you know that Billy Floyd, my usual partner on this program is not able to be with me so I decided to kind of re-talk about JR's story that I did at the beginning of our podcast so that everyone can get to know JR and why I do this and why my family does this. It's a very short synopsis of events leading to our loss. The reason I feel that this is important is because I, as a mom, a parent, did not understand the things that were happening in our son's life would cause him to be so distressed. I do know that there were issues in his life that he was trying to work with and work through. And if I had been a little more aware of what to watch for and what to understand about these things, perhaps I would have been a little more help. So I hope this will shed some light on you and anyone that you may know that you can help them and save their lives from suicide and perhaps talk to them and bring some awareness to the subject and bring some awareness to anyone else that you may be in contact with. As a mother, I want to reiterate that it's very painful to voice these events leading to his suicide, but I believe it's necessary now to be transparent and vulnerable so that other people can be helped. This program may contain triggers, so please be in a safe place while listening and have a safe person or know who you can contact in case you are triggered. I'm going to shorten this a bit because of time restraints. Briefly, JR as a child was a happy child, was outgoing, was adventuresome, was he he would take risks as far as his sports and skiing and kind of fearless I might say in his life. He was very helpful to people. He did not ever judge anyone. He was 
very caring and very uh, always there in the moment for people and never, ever expected anything back from them. He just wanted to be there to help people. He was an outdoorsman. He was creative, talented. He was a outdoor photographer, sports photography, um, mountains, animals, hunting. Uh, he was a hunting guide that was sought after in the state of Wyoming. He loved the outdoors, loved everything about the outdoors. He was a very handsome person inside and out, strong-willed, determined, yet very, very flexible. So to move on to kind of where I saw some of this starting was in his 20s, he developed kidney stones. And as a result of that, he was given pain medication. Now you all know that pain medication can be very, very um, addictive. And yes, he did become addicted to it, not by choice. He had to have it for the pain. He tried all types of other medication for the pain that were non-addictive, non but they did not relieve him. And he had many surgeries to remove kidney stones. And after these surgeries, the doctor obviously prescribed pain medication. So that was step one in his journey of events in his life that may have caused some of the things that went down in his life to cause him to become hopeless. Then he, as a man, became married to a young woman who I do believe they were in love at the beginning of their relationship. However, this young lady began cheating on him, committing adultery, and he found out, and it was possibly the single most devastating thing that happened to him in his life. JR was a very, very committed man and a person, even as a child, very committed, did not walk away from problems or people. So JR chose to stay with her and continue to love her and continue to hope and pray for some resolution to this type of behavior. As time went on, the drug addiction of both of them became a very, very trying obstacle. At this point, he did own a business he had bought before their marriage and the biggest business began to suffer and eventually the business closed. Drug addiction, my friends, is one of the precursors to suicide sometimes, as well as the breakup of a relationship, as well as losing um, economic means, a job, a business, as well as losing your home. At that point in time, after they lost the business, their home was foreclosed on. They had to move out of their home. 
and they were homeless. They were, they would come live with us for a while, live with his, in his grandparents' home for a while, live and house-sit in other houses for a while. And this, as you can imagine, is very unsettling. Very, very unsettling. All of these things, I'm letting you know that they all added up. They all piled on him. They all caused him to begin to think that there was no hope. This does not happen all of the time, just so you know, but it does happen. And these are things to watch for and to watch the people that are involved and take care and begin a conversation to see if something can be done to help. Now, JR throughout this time knew he was suicidal and he did pay for his own counseling. He sought out therapists. He went to his doctor for antidepressant prescription. Uh, he had become um, desperate. He went into treatment for the drug addiction, which he did beat the drug addiction. He went into treatment, I want to say, two or three times for that. He was not a quitter, absolutely not a quitter. And the entire time he remained married to his wife. Throughout this time, Every time he would find out that she had cheated on him, he would become actively suicidal. He would call me, I would rush to his house. I would sit by him and listen to him while he had a weapon in his hand. Now I don't, absolutely do not advise people to do that. But as a mother, if you are listening to me, you know exactly where I'm coming from. You know that you would do anything that you could do to help your children. So yes, I did go. I did talk to him. I did listen to him. Every time I left, I felt confident. Okay, we've made it through this. He's okay. It's going to be okay. So eventually the in-laws bought a house for them to live in and they moved into that and as they moved in which i did not know or he did not know the wheels were turning that the in-laws were putting pressure on his wife to divorce him as that is yet just another precursor to suicidal thoughts. And again, the reason I'm telling this story is that people will recognize and deal with these things that happen in, the, in others' lives and not gloss over them and not ignore them, but pay attention, be close, listen, offer to help, just be there. Be there and let them know in no uncertain terms that they are so important to you and to others, and that you are there to help no matter what. Their life is worth everything to you.
Eventually, his wife did file for divorce, attempted to have him serve several times, and he would call me and not know what to do. He did not want to accept service of these divorce papers. However, knowing the inevitable, he eventually did. Let me pause for a moment to bring to light that many people ask me what causes suicide. And I tell them there are as many reasons as there are people. As you can see, JR had an abundance of reasons to feel dejected, depressed, blue, hopeless. The break of, of relationships is very real. And it is a reason to stay close to those you may know that this is happening to. The loss of business, home, job, any of those things that I've talked about are other strong indicators as well as addictions. Just because someone you know may have some indicators that may lead to suicidal thoughts does not mean that suicide is always on their mind, but it does mean that it is always out there waiting to be an option. Suicide is very insidious and usually very silent. In JR's case, it wasn't silent. He did talk about it. He talked openly and freely about his feelings and, and that he was seeking help. And as a result of talking about it, many of his longtime best friends shunned him, did not talk to him, would have nothing to do with him. Sadly, just another blow to his already broken heart. Now, some of you may be thinking, why couldn't I save my own son? What do I think I can do for you or someone you know? I've often thought that I may come across as inept at helping others stay alive because of my own failure to help my own son. But I do know that I cannot stop trying to help others stay alive and still others to help their friends and family out of tight spots. Others of you may be wondering why if JR paid for and went to counseling and why was prescribed antidepressant medication being monitored, why isn't he alive today? I cannot answer that question other than to say I'm thankful he and we as his parents did all we could think of to do to support and help him. And because of that, we do not suffer unnecessarily from guilt of not helping him. These are tough things. They're tough things in life. They're tough for a person without these thoughts to live with and to get through. They're tough on your family. They're tough on friends. They're tough on anyone in life. And there's many other things that happened that cause people to begin to think about suicide and lose hope. And let me say that losing hope is the most common denominator in all suicides. The loss of hope is devastating. I have kind of coined a statement that hope is the enemy of suicide. So if we can give hope, let's do that. If we can in any way offer even the tiniest, tiniest glimmer of hope, let's do that. 
let's all join in. Let's, let's, let's join this movement to stop suicide. Let's join the movement to bring hope. Let's join the movement that can save so many lives. So with that, I'm ending this segment of our Safe Talk and reminding you that I am available at jlh35 at hotmail.com on email. Jenny Hunter, message me on Facebook. Jairus Hunt for Life on Facebook and the web. Friends, I'm not telling you this story just to talk. I'm telling you this story so that if you see these things going in someone's life, if you see these things happening, even one thing happening, you, you, all it takes is one. It doesn't take an abundance like it did with JR. Just takes one. Just be aware. Watch. Listen. Be there for people. We're going to talk more about what to do when we see those things happening in someone's life. Billy and I are going to bring you more information that will be so, so helpful to you. But as a mother, I felt that I needed to voice this to you all to let you know, don't ignore the signs. Don't gloss over the signs. Don't walk away and become frustrated because your child is an addict or your child lost their business. Don't, don't do any of those things. Don't judge. JR had a tattoo on his arm that said, only God could judge me. JR did not judge anyone. And that is one of the mantras of JR's Hunt for Life. Do not judge. And remember that talk saves lives. So until next time, remember... No judgments, talk saves lives, and hope is the enemy of suicide. You've been listening to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast Safe Talk with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. Jenny Hunter is the founder of JR's Hunt for Life, a suicide prevention nonprofit movement offering hope and support globally. I'm Billy Floyd. I'm a podcast host, a media broadcaster, and most importantly, a positive influencer. Sounds of Soul Music is courtesy of Fearless Motivation. Find out more about JR's Hunt for Life at jrshuntforlife.org.